Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Raina Starr. So glad you could make it. I hope you have a cup of coffee. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but of course it is. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by our incredible sponsor, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Also, she is having her limited edition Halloween sale, so get those limited edition candles and oils while you can. They are going fast. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Check the Facebook page for the links. My guest this morning, I'm so excited. This woman is amazing. Award-winning author, singer, plays a little guitar, little instrumentation stuff on the side. She has four kids. What am I doing with my life? The amazing Jessica Marie Baumgartner. Hello, my dear. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. So you are, you know, not every, everyone is not just one thing, but holy shit. I have to say, <laughs> you are doing things with your life that I cannot even put my arms around. So you have written a bunch of books, one of which being The Magic of Nature, Meditations and Spells to Find Your Inner Voice, which is a little misleading, only because of what else is in the book. Because the book is like a, I mean, excuse me, but it's like a friggin' survival guide. And um, this was not what I was expecting. I'm like, build a fire, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what didn't you put that's in this it. book? It's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's that's my husband. Uh, I, I finished it, and he was, like, reading through it, and he was like, wait a minute, is this is this a magic book, or is this about survival? And I'm like, well, it's a little bit of everything. I was trying to write almost kind of like my pagan Bible, so it was so fun to be able to, like, sit down and piece it together, and then when it was time to edit and, you know, go through the title, because that was not the original mm-hmm. title of the book. The original title was Magical Instincts. Because it's all about connecting with your instincts and getting back to nature. Um, but I'm yeah. really happy with Llewellyn, what Llewellyn did. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you're saying is making total sense because the book, I mean, seriously, if if the zombie apocalypse ever happens, which is a joke, but who the hell knows, right? It's like <laughs> it's in here. How to Survive is in here. And I thought that was brilliant. So, But I was a little bit surprised because, you know, the, the title leads one to think more of, you know, sitting in a field and, and appreciating. And it's that, too. I mean, not to say it isn't that because it is that. It's It's got everything in it. It's so much more encompassing than I thought it would be. And like this morning, because I'm very, you know, I've got a day job, I've got this to do, I've got a show to do, I've got a different show to do, I've got all this other shit going on in my life. And I thought for, and for me, having two kids was like, whoa, on there were days it was too, too many. (laughs) And I'm like, and you do everything, you, you know, and by the way, can I just say, if you folks have, are not familiar with today's guest. Um, she has a YouTube channel, which is so fun. Oh my gosh! Um, I, I, I really. You first of all, she is like you can see what kind of person she is. She's lovely. She's engaging. She's funny. Um, 
You're too you're, kind. You're like, I love the YouTube show. Like, but I haven't really done a lot of videos in a while, but I, I think we might have to. <laughs> Wacky Wednesdays became one of my favorite things. Um, you doing white wedding in a wedding dress killed me. I was on the floor <laughs> dying. That was because, a request. Not Somebody requested that. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. It was it was great, and I mean, you are so entertaining, you know. And you, it doesn't surprise me that you've won writing awards because your style is so engaging. Do you think that's partly because you're a mom? I don't know. You know, I think that it's probably partly because I'm a mom. I mean, I have. Four kids, and they really have fueled my writing career. You know, I I never thought I was going to be a writer or an author. I've I've always written things, but I never considered that it would actually be a job. You know, that was something that, like, Mm -hmm. old, unhappy, drunk guys did, right? And so, like, when I started getting published, it was specifically just because somebody asked me to write something and, and send it in. And when I did, it got published, and I got fan mail, and I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. But when you're at home with your kids, you know, you're you're more conscious of what you say and what you do, or at least a lot of parents are. I know I am. So I felt like they are the driving force behind my work. Um, but it's also, uh, I'm a big fan of Sybil Leak, and her writing is yes. so conversational. Yeah. I, I want to be able to have a conversation with people. I don't want to condescend to anybody or make them think that I'm like some guru sitting on a mountaintop. I want them to be able to talk to me, and I, I want them to relate, and I want to relate to other people. That's that's why I write. <laughs> I, you know, and I love that because it comes across really beautifully. It's so funny that you say Civil Leak because um, the second book – I ever bought about witchcraft was the complete art of witchcraft by civil league. And yeah, I mean, and I still have it. And I, you know, I looked it up on Facebook, not Facebook on eBay because I was curious because I, I have a lot of like first edition paperbacks because that's when Mm -hmm. I was getting into stuff and I was like $178. I think I paid two bucks for it. You know, Same and it with was me. like, wow. That's, that's how I found Diary of a Witch. Um, Diary of a Witch, I was, oh gosh, I was probably 18 or 19, and I was at a pop up bookshop, like in a mall. Some like old guy was just, he decided he was going to put up a pop up book sale in the middle of the mall, and I was just browsing through and. I have this thing I like to do where I close my eyes and I just rub my fingers across the spines and then I stop my finger and I pull the book out and I read the back and if I like it, I'll, you know, check it out or I'll buy it. Yeah. And uh, then yeah. her book, like, it called to me. Like, I, it was, it didn't even have, like, a cover. Like, the paper cover had been torn off and it was just this hardcover, like, red book. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Diary of a Witch. And I was, that first, like, sentence, I was hooked and, and it's it's just been such a good snowball from there. I mean, I was already practicing before then, but it it gave me the direction I needed. You know, she's, she's definitely been like a guiding force. Her work has in, uh, in my studies, I know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't have a lot of authors on, um, who have large families or, you know, lots of kids. So I always find it interesting when I do have a guest on that that has children and has, you know, kind of watched themselves evolve with their children learning and growing. And I I think it is such a cool perspective. I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. It's not my game to write. (laughs) But I I definitely appreciate well-written things and things that make me feel like, oh, this person is not going all professorial on me and over my head, which is kind of nice. So, you know, I I do love your style. And I was wondering, you know, so you were practicing, you were a practicing witch of sorts before you had children. Is that correct? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was... I've been raised kind of spiritually. My mom is a Christian, but she always taught my sister and I that religion is a man-made thing. And so we were wow. really encouraged to kind of find our own spirituality. Yeah, isn't that – that's such a great thing that I, I wish everybody had. And, and it's like I know – 
that there are a lot of people who struggle with with being able to talk to their family about it. So, it, you know, you can always yeah. drop me a line if you feel alone because I, I love to, to connect with people. But, um, but I, you know, I was studying Buddhism and I, you know, I, I was reading all these different religious texts and, and I just kind of found my way. It's when I, when I found, you know, like paganism and like the wheel of the year and, and Wiccanism, it was so amazing because it was everything that I already believed. It was like just coming home. So, so wow. I've been, you know, studying and practicing since I was probably 17 or 18. It's been 20 years. And that's when this book kind of came together. I, I, my husband kept encouraging me. He's like, you know, you need to, you need to just write the book. And I was like, but I'm not knowledgeable enough yet. And he's like, you've been doing this for how long? And you're guiding people now. People are asking you to write stuff, write it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so true. And, you know, sometimes you need that kick from the outside because you're doing all the things and it's like, but it's not real to you that this is who you are. And sometimes somebody from the outside has to say, no, in fact, that is who you are. You know, it's because I had the same experience. You know, my husband was like, you know, you really like talking to people and you you don't have the patience to write. And I don't. Um, I used to write Mm -hmm. for a pagan online magazine that has been gone for a number of years now. And we used it was called the Sunday Stew and it was published every every Sunday on Facebook and other places and you know and it became a struggle for me to come up with something week after well after two years it became a struggle week after week to come up with something fresh and new to say so my husband's like well you're you're really a talker anyway and I went you know what I am <laughs> so ten years later, uh, you know, still doing the show and and loving it and really loving to connect with, you know, younger folks. Because when I was coming up in in witchcraft, it was you were lucky to find books, really lucky, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I came up during the Sybil Leak era. And, and, you know, Patricia Crother and Ray Buckland and all of those wow. things. But it was, hard to, it was hard to find books. And it's been so wonderful to see so many different styles of writing come out and so many different witches and all of their beautiful differences come out. And it's been really nice to, like, have all of this other information to draw on. See, we didn't have the Internet back in the Golden Age. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, it definitely makes a difference. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about being raised spiritually, I was, like, raised the opposite of that. I was ra- My mother was pagan and then became um, Pentecostal because my father kind of laid the law down. And usually you don't have people go that way. You usually have people go the other way, but my situation is weird. But because of the fact that I I got dragged repeatedly into church three to four times a week because my parents were pastors in training, yeah, it's kind of its own form of brain rot to like <laughs> just do the same thing over and over again. And, you know, Christianity, it's interesting because being a pagan, you learn about things like how to start a fire and, and do all of the things that will help you survive if you have good teachers. But Christianity doesn't do that. Christianity is is very, um, you know, whatever you need will be given to you. Really? Without any rock, really. All you have to do is pray. How simple. And it's it's no wonder that people fall into that methodology. So when I had my own kids, I said, listen, picking a religion is a very personal thing. And I think everyone mm-hmm. should have the right to be able to do it for themselves. So I totally agree. Have you pretty much done a hands-off thing and wait for them to come to you about it? How I handle my kids, um, so I think that it starts, you know, you want to start with your faith because that's the one that you know the best, that you are the most, you mm-hmm. know, prolific in. 
So I try to teach my children about my faith, and my husband is a Jewish mystic, and, and she knows, you know, well, not she, my eldest, I always think of her first, because she's learning the most, she's yeah. 11. Um, right. The boys, you yeah. know, they're in the toddler stage, they don't really know, but but the older right. girls, and, and even the boys, I'm trying to teach them, you know, what we know, while also being aware of what everybody else knows, and it helps that we're like a mutt family, you know, my sister's an atheist. My mom's a Christian. I'm a pagan. My husband is a Jewish mystic, which is a type of paganism, depending on how you look at it. Um, so right. we have, yeah, it's a very enriching environment. But I do want them to know, like, our faiths first so that they kind of get that basis sure. and then grow from it. And I start with that because I, you know, I I don't think that, that Jesus didn't exist or that he wasn't, you know, I <laughs> my sister laughs because I'm always like, well, I think Jesus was just, you know, a Wiccan who was very in tune with nature and could do miracles that yeah. anybody can do if they work hard enough. Yeah. So it's, yeah. um, I like to connect it all together and focus on our differences or our similarities, same, shame on me, instead of our differences. <laughs> I like to point out, you know, this is what makes most faiths the same. And this is why all of those faiths come here because it usually comes from love and good intentions, even if people misinterpret it or take it the wrong way. And that's something that a lot of people, you know, I, I think we're, it's so funny because growing up, I grew up in like the eighties and nineties and I felt like we were really moving forward. And then nine eleven happened and it just halted. It just stopped. Yeah. Suddenly everybody was divided yeah. again. We were all suspicious of each other, and everything that we had worked for was just falling apart. And I, I can't imagine what it's like for, you know, 20-year-olds now who didn't get to grow up in that, that really loving atmosphere of the 90s where everybody was really finally being who they wanted to be without so mm -hmm. many, you know, criticisms. Um, but that is it's definitely important for me that, that I want my kids to know why I have my faith and why I'm so spiritual about it. And I mean, I have specific rules for myself because I do think there is, um, there's an importance in self-control and self-awareness and you have to have your own code of ethics. You have to have honor. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think that some, some religious people look at pagans and, and spiritualists and they think, oh, well, you don't have a specific book or a specific set of rules, so you're you're heathens. And, and I, you know, I like to wear the heathen right? word proudly and be like, well, I am a heathen, uh -huh. <laughs> but I am an honorable person, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I find that in, in, in business, because I, I do work in, in the, you know, real world, as it were, or outside the home, I should say. It's all the real world. Oh, that was stupid on my part. Um, but, yeah, you know, working working in an environment with a lot of non-pagans, I find that, you know, my sense of honor has to be more so. My sense mm -hmm. of decency has to be more so. Because when the time comes that I am not in the broom closet at my day job, which is going mm -hmm. to happen eventually, because at some point I am going to tell them. It's um, time, yeah. You know, I want them to realize that the person that they've known for the past 16 years is the same person today that I was the day I walked in the door. So at yeah, some point, that it, you know, and there are people who have suspicions. They're like, hmm, she ain't going to church on Sunday. It's <laughs> like, correct, I am not. Um, so there are folks who, you know, it's not like I keep it a big dark secret. It's just something that doesn't necessarily come up because there are people just like to make certain assumptions, and I let them. There's no reason yeah. to go around test beating all day long. But at the point that, you know, that it does come out, I want them to be able to look at the record that I've established over all these years and say, oh, we we knew somebody who believes that, but they're, you know, they're pretty upstanding. You know, I'm, I always mind yeah. the P's and Q's. I, I feel like... As a pagan, it's my job to to publicly do it as the best example that I can, you know, because yeah. I think when people find that out, it kind of, they look, they reexamine everything about you. 
that they thought mm-hmm. they knew. And I hope that they will go back and review it all as a positive. I just don't believe – and I'm very religious. I'm more religious than they are in a lot of instances. And it's funny because they're like, you know, the concept of religion, of this need to be clean cut and don't curse and don't do this and don't do that, um, I find it very interesting because I don't believe that there were not curses throughout time spoken by any gods or all the gods or, you know, the Christian god or whoever. You know, it's funny because I've said, you know, I do believe in Jesus. He's just not my God. (laughs) That's the same. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. That's the whole thing. I think with with pagans, I think the – I always tell Christians who are wary of of paganism, I'm like, well, we're cousins. We're we're absolutely cousins. You know, our religions are are hand in hand. It's just – you believe that Jesus was the only son of God. I believe that we are all the sons and daughters of the gods. And it, it comes from the same place. It really does when you step back and stop drawing lines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's, see, but it's, it's, there's a difference between drawing lines between gods and drawing lines between people because there is this oh, yes. pervasive need of separatism that I see not only between Christians and pagans, but pagans and pagans, and Christians and Christians. Yeah. It's very strange. You know, <laughs> my my understanding of religion has always been, these are the things that you live by that give you your moral compass. You know, so atheism, while I, I understand atheism, and I certainly uphold the rights of people to believe absolutely nothing if if you know that's what serves them and makes them you know happy or feel or if it supports their unbelief system or belief system that's fine but for me personally it's a moral compass thing and mm-hmm. you know as i've said many times a man without gods is a man without guidance so i kind of look yeah. more at the overall person to get an idea of who they are as opposed to just what they believe. Cause you can believe in Jesus all day long and still be a fucking shit heel. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a father. <laughs> he yeah. We've all met those he people, be- right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so do you find that cause you're, you're obviously a very public person um, do your kids get any kind of heat for having a mom who's a witch? We have been so lucky, I think, and, and I, I like to say lucky and blessed and all of it because I think there's there's an element of, of both involved. But uh, um, I, I wrote an article about this um, for Witchology Magazine over the summer called Discretion Without Being Closeted, where, you know, mm. you live – out of the closet and you live your life as anybody else would, but you don't shove it in people's faces and you let them ask questions. And if you see people pulling back or starting to make assumptions, don't be afraid to raise your voice and say, hey, you know, I'm still me. You know, you, you, know, you, you can do that with people. Um, I love writing and I write for a living, but I, I do work in an office um, uh, writing for a local company. Um, that's one of my yeah. like main jobs. I always have multiple writing jobs going on. But that's that's the writer's life. <laughs> I have to work for peanuts. But <laughs> but um right. but when I first started working at my office like six years ago, um I you know, it it's a family based, you know, local company and so I I felt the need to like you said, be that upstanding moral person, but I also made it clear, you know, during the holidays oh, well, you celebrate this. This is what my family celebrates. It's basically the same thing, and we can celebrate side by side, and it can be Christmas for you, and it can be Yule for us. And and making that that as loud as I did, I felt like – but it's so funny because you have to find that balance. You have to be able to speak mm-hmm. up without, like, ruining everybody's fun. Like, when, we, when I talked to my kids about yeah. Santa Claus, you know, St. Nicholas was a real person. 
of the story uh-huh. of St. Nicholas. And I love honoring that, that heart, that spirit of giving, you know, this old man and his wife sure. weren't able to have kids and, and he was a toy maker for all the children of the neighborhood. I think that's a beautiful thing. I love that story and I cling to it. Like I cling to the pagan tales. Um, yeah. But I, I try to teach my kids we don't want to ruin it for other kids. There, it's a make-believe thing. So if our neighbors be, they are teaching their kids that Santa Claus is real, let them believe in it. Let them let Santa Claus, you know, be like our fairies. Let let them have fun mm-hmm. and and just you know don't necessarily perpetuate it, but be respectful of it. And that's a balance that all oh. of us struggle with. Like I've struggled with that for years, but but it is something that is very important <laughs> to me. Um, and I think our sure. neighbors really appreciate that. <laughs> well, it's a very see, and I love that about you because you are very welcoming and inclusive. And I find that a lot of the time, it doesn't matter what what faith it is. Folks tend to want to curl into their secure ball and and just be with like minded people. And you're like, no, 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 we don't have to do that. We can we can all <laughs> share who we are and get along. And I know that must sound very. Listen, I love hippie. <laughs> okay, it I is very hippie. It is cheesy. Seriously, <laughs> but I was born in 1961. What else would I be, right? I mean, right, there's right. a time to hardline when you're when you're under attack. You have to hardline. But when you're not under mm-hmm. attack, and you know, people keep saying we want paganism to be normalized. We want it to be accepted. But you can't be normalized and accepted if you just reject everyone else out of hand. Yes, you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing to to find someone who, like, not just preaches it but wa- walks the walk, you know, because a lot of folks say we want, we want things to be as equal for us as they are for any other faith. Now, we are a long way from that, but you actually <laughs> take the active steps to make it possible you're you are working with people to get them to understand and i think that's beautiful so i'm very appreciative of, <laughs> no it's, it's real no seriously i think it's wonderful and which is why i fell so in love with your youtube channel seriously check out <laughs> jessica marine baumgartner on youtube you won't be disappointed, I promise. It is wonderful. It is entertaining. It's clean. Um, we have a lot of fun life. with that channel. <laughs> yes. I, I, mean, I we am, get to meet I am, your family. Yeah. It's wonderful. One, one thing, like, I don't know. I've, I've been kind of floundering. Like, I, I took a break from the YouTube channel this year. Um, because I am, I'm a free speech advocate and not because I want people to be jerks to people, but because I understand the value of everybody being able to speak their minds without fear. And when you start drawing lines and you start taking away and chipping away at it piece by piece, eventually everybody loses the right to speak their mind without fear. And that scares me a lot. And I, I am very terrified of, of the attack on freedom of speech. And I understand some people, are, are doing it out of love from a good place, but I, I don't think it's a good idea. And so I, I actually took off from, I haven't posted to YouTube pretty much at all this year because in January the crackdown on on dissenting voices or, or unpopular opinions or, or things that are considered, you know, even if it's unfactual, even if even if it's misinformation, I think it's up to the individual to decide what they believe. That's always been, you know, I, there was a right. time when the church said that paganism was misinformation. And so as a pagan, I feel like I can't stand by anybody or any corporation, or and I have issues with big tech because of it. And it, it's, it's very controversial, and I, I feel, you know, I – it's so strange being in this climate right now because I'm a writer. And so I have to put myself out there, but then there sure. are people who agree with my philosophy, but will disagree with my actions sometimes. And my actions always are in line with my philosophy. And I will always stand by that honoring what I believe in and, and living, you know, what I preach. <laughs> it's, it's spooky sometimes. But Jessica, though. Isn't- but isn't there a way to do that if you – I mean, 
and I understand the whole, listen, Trump made anything possible. Um, so, yeah, I think, people, I think people are hyper-concerned and hyper No, Well, I mean, it's just true. You know, it was an unlikely situation that no one thought could possibly happen, and it happened. You know, casting yeah. nothing else at all on it, just saying it like that. But there's got yeah, to be yeah. a way to be able to publicly say, listen, this is my opinion, agree with mm-hmm. it or disagree with it, and then just be free to say what it is you want to say without it coming yeah. under some kind of, you know, cancellation or deletion or having it affect your entire life. I'm very much into the idea that people are allowed to believe whatever they want to believe. I may not like it. I may not agree with it. But the fact that you're able to say it should be a continuous right, whether I want you to say it or not. It's, you know, everything is not about me. Everything is not about my children. Everything is not for everyone. For example, alcohol exists. I drink it. You drink it. Lots of people drink it. It's not for children. Everything is not meant to make the world safe for my kids. And I think people have forgotten. People have forgotten the fact that you have to have some level of responsibility for your own life and not expect the rest of the world to make everything a soft landing for you and yours in the general sense. And I think, you know, we've created our own nanny state in a lot of regards because of that. Oh, and yeah. it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it is. I heard it. I... Yeah. Like you really agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I looked at what happened last year and it's so weird how things change so fast and and I always it's so funny because I try to veer away from politics but I also you know I write for EV magazine and they you know they hired me to be kind of their political writer and I you know I I have worked in journalism yeah and so so I will go hard on certain issues and it's so funny because I always try to make my work as balanced as possible because I know not everybody is going to agree with me and I know that I'm not always right I am not always right and I I always keep that in the back of my head but last year was so terrifying because at first we didn't know what was happening so there's like this boogeyman you know like you don't know it felt like the plague was descending on us and then yeah. I started researching the data myself instead of just listening to the news. And suddenly I right. was being I, – I was agreeing with people I hadn't agreed with before. And suddenly the things that I'm posting are getting censored even though it's coming straight from a doctor, a practicing doctor, or straight from a nurse, a practicing uh-huh. nurse. I had an article that I wrote for the Epic Times that has been censored multiple times on Twitter and Facebook where I specifically really? spoke with a nurse who quit her job because she was told to do things that are against standard protocol. Um, she she came, you know, I, I contacted the, the AFLDS, and they're controversial, and she handed uh-huh. me so many documents from her hospital. Um, the, she was wow. one of the nurses who helps um, run clinical trials, and she was ah, most concerned okay. that in the clinical trials for the vaccines, they did not test on pregnant women. They were not allowed to test on pregnant women. But then as soon as, um, like, the first, I think the first round or the second round, because they're not even through the fourth round yet, um, they were deeming it safe for pregnant women. And it had never even been tested on them. And they're still doing that. It's not through, the vaccines, none of the vaccines have finished all of the rounds of clinical trials. And I know more people who are now suffering vaccine injury from, specifically from COVID-19 vaccines, than any people who died from COVID. I know two people who did die of COVID. One was a cancer patient and one was like an 80 year old man. And it was sad. It is sad. And and we want to be, we want to be safe and we want to be balanced though. And, and so it's, it's so hard to look at the situation and, and choose one side. You know, I can't understand people who are like, you have to take the vaccine or you can't take it to me. I'm like, you do what you absolutely feel that you have to do for your individual self and for your family. Like that is where I have stood throughout all of this. And it's been hard though because you'll get vilified for that. And, and I look at that and then you get censored 
for publishing the truth. Somebody comes forward and says, we didn't test this on these people, and they're saying it's safe for them. And suddenly your articles are not getting out there. It's, and, and so from a spiritual standpoint, I really had to step back, and I'm like, my husband was like, you have to be careful because you're making yourself a target. And then I, I, I really, I had to like meditate and like go out and do a bonfire and just kind of sit and be at peace with, with, you know, the energies around me and, and go, well, what the hell am I here for? If I'm a writer and I'm really doing this, I have to do what I know is true. And, and I don't care what other people believe. I just want them to have the information so they can do with it what they choose. And that was yeah, a big, interesting because I I did not. Oh, I'm sure it was. I mean, and mm-hmm. you know, I am an advocate for the vaccination. However, only mm-hmm. when it's doable, um, right? Because I don't know about clinical trials. I my my knowledge is lacking um, as far as contact with a lot of people in the medical industry. Um, yeah. You know, I had one one nurse who I've known for all of my life who was like, it's not been tested enough, and then got it. So got the oh, vaccination. Yeah. Um, but when yeah. it comes to somebody being pregnant or have, there are reasons to not get the vaccine, and I have Absolutely. also said that as well. Um, but that's a decision you have to make with your doctor and, you know, whoever mm-hmm. is providing your medical care. Absolutely. I mean, but for the most part, um, I do believe that most people are able to get the vaccine uh, fairly safely, considering um, it is not a new vaccination anymore. It's, you know, they are still running testing, as far as I know, on folks who have been vaccinated. And I'm sure at some point there are going to be facts that come out that say this was okay, this part wasn't okay, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a pandemic, you are reacting to fear. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. um, the idea of the, the stories that I've heard, and I do know folks who have passed away from from having COVID, you know, folks who have yeah. said at the last minute, can you give me the shot now? And, and they were told no, and they died. Um, yeah. So, you know, talk definitely talk to your, your, your health care provider about it if you have any questions. And mistakes are going to be made because mistakes are always being made. Well, that's, medicine is not infallible, and that's my whole thing. Like, but when it comes yeah. to something, something like that, I feel like it's a spiritual thing that you have to decide what's right. And looking at other people and saying, "Well, if you don't do this, then you don't care about my grandma," and it's like, "Well, that's not." I, I, I don't know. I had a couple of elderly family members who their, uh, like my mom's uncle, um, her cousins don't want him going out. But he's 90-something years old, and he's like, you know what, I'm at the end of my life. I'd rather go out and die than be trapped in my house for the, the last couple of years that I have. I and I was yeah, like, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, there's always a middle ground. There's always, you know, there's always going to be another side. But you don't you don't have to hate the other side. You can just understand that not everything is going to work for everybody. And that's my whole thing, like, my, I'm a little biased because my, my aunt works in the COVID unit and in St. Louis. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. and she, I keep trying to get an interview with her, but she's not going to go public. She's terrified of losing her job because last summer they were vilifying. Yeah. Yeah. Last summer they were vilifying St. Louis saying, uh, Oh, you don't have enough of a vaccine rate and your, your COVID cases increased by 100%. And so my mom called her and was like, are you having a lot of COVID cases? And she's like, no. And she was like, did it increase by 100%? She's like, well, we went from two patients to four in my unit. <laughs> and I was like, so all this news, oh. national news, talking about how, oh, yeah. they've increased 100%. Well, she had two people in the ward. And then it went to four. And I'm like, okay, right. this is misinformation. This is It's technically true, but it's being manipulated to scare people. And that that is what really got to me. I was like, if you want to take the vaccine, please do it. Please do it. But there are people who are still concerned because I, I think it was in the 50s or 60s, there was a drug, and I'm going to bitch, butcher it. It's called thymelicide or bromel. It starts, it's a T-H-Y, 
thrymilocyte. Um, and it took five years before they realized that it was the cause of babies being born without limbs. And so they said it was perfectly so safe after... Are you I think you're yes. talking about thalidomide. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. Five years they were telling pregnant women, it's perfectly safe to take it. And then babies were suddenly being born without limbs, and nobody could figure out why, and it was a result of that vaccine. And that's why the clinical trials are such a big deal to me, because I know so many nurses, and, and I have, you know, I have, I guess, three nurses on my side of the family, They're, and I know a couple of doctors who are friends, and, and it's so weird because people won't publicly state these things, but they'll tell you in private. And so I get, I don't know, I, I feel like I go down all these weird rabbit holes that so many people are afraid to touch. And so I do, you know, people will be like, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, you know, conspiracy doesn't necessarily mean wrong. It just means not widely accepted. And I try, I know I'm susceptible to conspiracy theories, though, because my grandpa was super paranoid. He was a, a World War II vet. <laughs> And he thought the Russians yeah. were watching us through the magical TV box and they faked the moon landing, all that stuff. So so I know I, I am a little susceptible to that. And I have to ground myself and kind of look around and go, the birds are still singing, the sky is still blue, not everybody's out to get us. Like, you know, you have to well, do that too. <laughs> I have to say, though, I kind of have to support Grandpa a little bit because <laughs> – <laughs> we, did, we did find out that the Russians, I mean, true or not, that they we were. did in fact find out that the Russians were messing with us, you know, they allegedly, were. you know, behind our backs and in front of our faces. So, yep. you know, maybe it wasn't as extreme as Grandpa <laughs> thought originally, but it kind of has come to pass, has it not? It has. And he, he was a good... I, I'm really glad that I had my mom's my mom's father, my paternal grandpa, in my life because he he was a strong man and he was he was definitely you know a tough guy, but he was the first yeah. person to teach me about visualization and magic really. And I don't I don't know okay. after he died we found some weird secret society stuff. So I'm like I don't know what he was into, but he taught me visualization when I was in middle school. We were sitting there and. He was trying to teach me about um, making something come to fruition just from thought. And we sat at – it was so funny because we used to sit in the dining – or no, not the dining room. It was the kitchen. Sit around his kitchen table, and he'd have the news in the background and the coffee on the table and the newspaper spread out. And he'd sit there like that all day reading the newspaper. He wanted to comb through everything. But uh, there was one day – I don't remember why we got on the subject, but he told me. He said, put your hand out. And he slapped it. And it, you know, of course, my hand got knocked away. And he was like, "Now, oh. I, or no, no, I think he, I think he put his hand out. Now I'm mixing it up. I wrote about it at one point, and I'm glad that I did because it's fuzzy now and all, and it's fizzy. But then he said, "Okay, now I want you to visualize <laughs> that um, that you're holding a bucket of water, and it's so heavy you're struggling to hold it." And then he tried to knock my hand away again, and it stayed. And he was like. That, just having that mental image, that picture, giving yourself that power helps you to create that energy to be stronger. And that was one of the most important lessons of my life. And, and I didn't realize it at the time. I really didn't even realize it until he was gone. Um, but wow. having somebody explain to you the power of mind over matter and how how we have so much energy in us that we don't even use. And, and so much of that comes from our thoughts and our spiritual selves. It's, it's amazing to be able to tie it all together. Wow. That's <laughs> how cool. No, I mean, seriously, you had really cool people in your family, and that's, that's awesome. I, you know, they were all so assholes. I, I, I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> <laughs> same same i have yeah. had and still have i mean you know talking about stuff like this is so funny to me because everything is perspective i the, the mm -hmm. people who raised me you know like my grandmother so I had an accident one morning and something you know a tv fell on top of me and my grandmother called <gasps> me two hours later and said, oh, it was fine. 
Um, it was like the, one of those really heavy console, big yeah, box from the seventies TVs. It was like a, it was like a thirty inch or something. It was really big. It was oh, on its own you. legs. It was like a piece of furniture, right? So two hours after that happened, I'd forgotten about it, and my grandmother calls me, and she's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? She's like, well, that TV was pretty heavy. Now, I didn't live with her, and I hadn't told anybody about what had happened, so I'm like, how the fuck does she know this? How is that even possible? Oh, but, wow. Yeah, but for my family, that was nor- but that was a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my first recognition in my early, early 20s that, and my mother had made jokes about, you know, the fact that we were witches and, you know, back before yeah. she became a Christian. You know, because my father, <laughs> I'll never forget, my father was having a conversation in the living room with one of our relatives, and he was talking about witches, and, and I walked into the kitchen and talked to my mother, and she's like, shh. I'm like, why am I shushing? She's like, they're talking about us. Just listen for a minute. Oh. So it was like the first literal acknowledgement that there was something a little different happening. Um, yeah. And it, I was preteen at that point you know and then i found the complete book of witchcraft it's got uh, a red cover with flames on it it's like it was first published gorgeous. in 1971 yeah i mean mm-hmm. really funny stuff and then you know as, as time goes on perception changes now that same woman who said they're talking about us three months ago said to me don't get the vaccine. They put a chip in it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That goes kind of far, <laughs> the chip in it. Oh, man. <sighs> now, of course, my, my immediate response is, do you have a cell phone? Are we actually talking on a cell phone right now? <laughs> have you paid for anything in life with a credit card? Bitch, they know where you are. Calm down. I mean, seriously, <laughs> she's 81 eight. years old and Uh-oh. still making me nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what our parents are there for. I mean, like, my mom was very accepting, but, but she, you know, everybody has their faults. She, uh, she has some, she has brain damage, and that, that has been oh, a struggle no. throughout most of my life. Um because her memory is not very good, and, and sometimes she just doesn't show up for things. And, and she's older now, so I, I try to help her a little bit more. But when I was in my 20s, I really struggled with that because my dad was not mm-hmm. a good person. And um, and so I, I leaned on her Thanks. so much as a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it, it just and, – and she – we're a lot closer now, um, but she was recently diagnosed with cancer. So we're – we're going oh, through sorry. that now. I'm taking her to chemo every week. It, you know, we're very hopeful, and and thank you. But I I think she's gonna pull through. I think she's gonna be all right. And and even awesome. I, I'm trying to prepare the kids because we have this whole in my house. Death is not something to mourn. You know, dramatically. Um, you, right. You're gonna have a loss, and you're gonna have to take time and and you know deal with your feelings and that separation, but. But in, in sure. our house, you know, when somebody dies, it's more about honoring their life and laughing at, at the jokes that they used to tell and remembering who they were and, and really, really doing it up on sewing. Like, when, when we light our fires on October 31st, like, it is a big deal because we've known so many great people. And, and when they're separated from us, when they cross over, you miss them so terribly. And it never leaves you. It never leaves. So I, I but yeah. it, it heals in a different way. You know, you remember them and and they stay with you. And and man, my grandpa. Sometimes he talks to me. I hear him sometimes, and and he's coming mm-hmm. to check on us. And that that is such, uh, you know, it, not everybody experiences that. I don't. I'm not a medium or anything. It's not like you know, Sybil Leake. She they took her to Ireland and she'd go and talk to the ghosts in Ireland. But. But yeah. when you need somebody most, you can feel them sometimes if you don't see or hear them. And I, I've experienced all of it in small bursts. But it, it's I am trying to prepare the kids because I, I know that she's not going to be around forever. And, and I'm trying to right. make sure that that the last of what we have with her is, is so 
special and that we really treasure it. And that that's it's a very spiritual thing, you know. She's she's a Christian, but she's so she says she she reads my books and she's like, Your books are so uplifting and I'm like, That is yeah. exactly what I'm going for, Mom. I really hope that, that that is that is a universal thing that everybody who reads them are going through because I write I write them for that so that you know, when when you need a ritual, when you can't think of a ritual to honor somebody who is has, you know, passed on that you can open that book and, and read through it and kind of smile to yourself and go, this is, this is going to be okay. <laughs> well, and I will say, going back to your book, there's something <laughs> in here for, like, every situation. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, it's a wonderful thing because I did find it uplifting. And the fact that you have something in here to literally say to yourself when your inner self is saying you're a failure or you can't do this mm-hmm. or that. I mean, there's literally something in here about everything. And I, lo- <laughs> I, I tried. I really book. did. <laughs> I, but it's a great book because it just talks about, you know, that technology, things could kind of stop. I keep mm-hmm. having these visions of of the electric grid going down, mm-hmm. not just here, but everywhere, where all of the sudden cars stop moving, like you're driving and everything goes dark. It's it's a very apocalyptic, and I'm not one who has apocalyptic visions or things like that, but this is one that keeps coming up lately. And I think a lot come of to us find out mm-hmm. yeah, and, and come to find out somebody else is of course doing that in a movie. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's just in the air. I'm not fucking special. I'm I'm very big on the fact that I'm not special, which is why I even have the show. So I can learn from folks like you because that's kind of the point. Because I'm an older person and I'm gonna die but at that's some a point in the not so different. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, you know, I love that. And it's funny because I used to think I heard my grandmother, like in my ear, you were talking about hearing someone who's passed in your ear. And it's funny yeah. because now now somebody said to me, Grandma, that's you, dumbass. You're the old one now. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's both. I don't know. Like, like there is that thought that, like, well, you're just mentally using their voice to give yourself. But I don't know. Sometimes it comes so far out of nowhere, and I don't know. I think the dead mm-hmm. speak and rhyme and riddles often because there was one day I was – I got really freaked out over the summer because um, they're doing an experiment, I think, over Sweden where they're trying to dim the sun to help with climate change. And I am all about solutions. I'm all about, you know, let's find a solution. But – blasting a bunch of unnatural particles into the atmosphere, I feel like that's probably not going to make things better, and we don't know what the repercussions will be. And so I had, like, a panic attack at work. I'm reading about all this stuff, and I'm I'm going down the rabbit yeah. hole again because I'm susceptible to it, and I like research. I like to read yeah. all the different things. And uh, and I went in the bathroom and I was like crying and and the bathroom is like kind of my my safe space <laughs> if I'm having a me rough too, time I, me you know too. I use myself yeah yeah you know you go to the bathroom yeah, to collect yourself splash some water on your face um, but I I I just I was like what are we gonna do and I could hear my grandpa clear as day and I swear I could smell him and he said go to the water I'm like what does it what does that mean grandpa what the fuck are you telling me right now i don't under go to right. the water that could mean anything my husband's family is right. in green bay so he interprets it. he says we need to move to wisconsin and i'm like okay well my mom says that he's being you know metaphorical and we and you know the water is your source so we need to get to the source and me i'm thinking i right. need a houseboat wait <laughs> <laughs> Different interpretations, amazing. Right. Yeah, and that's the hard part is is following your instincts and knowing, okay, which interpretation is correct. And that's something that, that, you know, you'll never 100% refine, but you can constantly work on it. And you can look back on your life and go, I knew that at that moment, and it helped me. 
And and I have moments like yeah. that throughout my whole life where I could feel it in my gut and I just went with it and everything worked out. And that that is that's something that I, I wish more I didn't realize that a lot of people don't have that, you know. If I go hiking in the woods yeah. and I just kinda of get away from technology, I can I can feel things better and I know where I need to be and, and who I want to be and, and how to do it. And so yeah. I, I wanted to give that to people because I, I found so many young people have been writing me and they're like, how do you do this and how do you do that? And I'm like, this is second nature for me, you know. And, and so I'm like, I guess I have yeah. learned something over the past 20 years and I should impart it and, and share it so that other people aren't suffering and they can get through anything. Like you said, with that, if – if um if it does come to pass, and there's always, you know, movies about the apocalypse, because societies, they love, you know, people, we like to believe that it's so romantic to believe that we'll be the last people, you know, of a civilization. It's, it's a romantic <laughs> idea. It's a tragedy. But it is. It's, it's like, yeah. oh, I'll be the last. Um, so I think that maybe we, we perpetuate that a little bit just because we're a little full of ourselves, and that's all creatures have that to a degree. Um, right. True. Very much <laughs> but, true. No, it's true. A solar flare could knock us back to the Stone Age. It really could. And and that is, you know, we need to know how to do things by hand and how to take care of ourselves and live at one with nature. And I I hope that technology hits a point where we kind of curve and wrap back around so that we can still have technology to live in peace with one another while also living in peace with nature. Like that is always a big like goal and hope and and outlook for me is if we can just kind of wrap it around and kind of curve and and just go down a different path and still keep some of the technologies and and refine them and and make things better for for everybody and for the planet. If we can do that, I'm speaking I'm of which. <laughs> no, I I love that and you know it's so funny cuz I could do like another 2 hours with you but we are almost <laughs> out of time. Um, because oh, I, no. the other thing I wa- I know, and the other thing I had wanted to talk to you about, so I am, I am publicly inviting you to please come back on, because the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that the Earth actually had started to do some healing during the pandemic when you take people yeah. out of the mix and all of the mm-hmm. things that were starting to come back. Some things that were extinct, my, is my understanding, were starting to mm-hmm. reappear in the in the animal kingdom. So I, you know, very rapidly. So much mm-hmm. more to, I know. So there was so much more to talk about, but I can't thank <laughs> you enough for coming on and spending some time with me. Before we go, can you tell people what you're working on now and where they can catch up with you? Absolutely. Um, I am currently working on my third book. My second book uh, with Llewellyn, it's in my editor's hands. I hope that they are going to take it on. It's more about tree magic because I am quite a tree worshiper. If you read The Magic of Nature, there are meditations and trees and whatnot. Um, But that one is going to be tree-focused. Right now I'm working on my third book, which is all about movement. Uh, the magic of, of travel, and when I say travel, I mean even just taking a walk or a bike ride or riding wow. a horse or being a passenger mm-hmm. in a car. There is so much that you can do even when you're on a road trip to to kind of encompass your power and send it out, and um, that is something that I really Ooh. love to work with. Yeah, it's something that walking is a big one for me. I can't live without taking my hikes and my walks. Like, I really can't. It, it's a important for my mental health and my spiritual health. Um, so that book, I, I'm about a third of the way through with that one. Uh, it's been a struggle. Wow. <laughs> it's been a little harder because I'm trying to put so much into it, and I want it to be perfect, and that is really hard. <laughs> um, but anybody can find me. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody can find me on my website, which is just my name, jessicamariebaumgartner.com. Um, I write content for everybody. So even if you don't agree with what I'm writing on Evie, you might agree with what I'm writing on Which Way Magazine or when I write for Witchology. Um, I try to always uh, keep everything balanced. So there are some topics where I'm more conservative. There are some topics where I'm more liberal. And I really wish that more people understood that, you know, you don't have to be black or white. You don't have to be, 
this or that. You can be anything, and you can love everybody no matter what they believe. And and that is, um, I hope if you come to my website that you will feel that love because that's that's a big deal for me. <laughs> wow. And what a beautiful message to, to really kick off the weekend. Thank you so much. You are lovely and so gracious, gracious to be on the show with me, and I really appreciate it. And I hope you'll come back soon. Absolutely, I will. Thank you for having me on so much. Oh, I, I, I love this hour, and I'm going to hit you up in a few minutes, as soon, actually as soon as we get off the air. So, <laughs> oh, that's you'll great. Be, you'll awesome. be thank you. Really shortly. And thank you again. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will speak with you very soon, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Have a great one. Bye. All right, everybody, I will be back next week. I'm, I've got a great roster of guests coming on. Hope you'll check out uh Facebook page for Desperate House Witches to see all the events as they come up. I will talk to you later. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful week. Blessings to all. <laughs>